0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go
1: places. Welcome back to another edition of the KPBS Cinema Junkie podcast. I'm Betha Accomando. Today, June 22nd, is Bruce Campbell's birthday, and that's cause for celebration. So I'm calling this my "Hail to the King" episode in his honor, and I'll be talking with him later in the podcast. I encourage everyone to celebrate by watching his movies, reading his books, or catching up on the Ash vs. Evil Dead show. Whatever, just enjoy the day, and don't forget.
0: Shop smart. Shop S smart.
1: Let me begin by saying I love Bruce Campbell. As Ash in the Evil Dead films, he kicks ass. In person at panels, he's a riot. And when given the chance, as in Bubba Hotep, he can deliver a performance that's worthy of an Oscar. But sadly, Oscar's too blind to recognize genre talent like his. But that makes it all the more special for us as his fans. Simply put, Bruce Campbell's the man. Campbell has a devoted cult following of fans, and deservedly so. Not only is he a talented actor, but he's a consummate professional who knows how important his fan base is to his career. Yet he also knows how to tease and berate them in a manner that only makes them, I mean us, squeal with delight. Playing himself in They Call Me Bruce, he treats his fans with utter contempt.
0: Let me ask you something. Ever see Rawhide? Yeah. You like it? Yeah. Well, then you know you gotta keep them doggies rolling.
1: I firmly believe that the only reason Fox made the Sam Axe prequel for their TV series Burn Notice was because Campbell, who plays the character Sam Axe in the show, was such a hit at all their Comic-Con panels. Campbell worked those Comic-Con crowds like nobody's business and overshadowed the show's stars Jeffrey Donovan and Gabriel Anwar. Fans bombarded Campbell with questions and roared when he got up and tossed dollar bills at them. I think Fox execs were surprised to see the rapport Campbell had with the crowd and rewarded him and his fans with that prequel. But Campbell is beloved to fans, mostly because of his work on Sam Raimi's Evil Dead films. As the character Ash, Campbell is allowed to fully exploit his manic skills. He proves that no one, and I mean no one, is better at fighting against himself or playing in scenes with his own alter ego.
0: What are you? Me? Are you me?
1: What you? Are you me.
0: <laughs> you sound like a jerk. Why are you doing this? Oh, you want to know? Because the answer is easy. I'm badass. And you're good-ass. You're goody little two shoes. You're a goody little two shoes. <laughs> <laughs> little goody shoes. Little goody two 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 shoes. <small> <embedded> little goody two shoes. <display söz containers> little goody two shoes. Little goody <mind> two shoes. I ain't that good.
1: And no one delivers one-liners like Bruce. Here's a sampling of his wise-ass remarks in Army of Darkness, as Ash finds himself sent back in time and fighting witches, demons, and the undead.
0: Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This... is my boot stick. It's a 12-gauge double-barreled Remington. S-Smart's top of the line. You can find this in the sporting goods department. That's right, this sweet baby was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Retails for about $109.95. It's got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. It's a trick. Get an axe. Yo, she-bitch. Let's go. Groovy.
1: Campbell can also deliver the goods when asked to do a more fully-rounded character, as in Bubba Hotep, where he played an aging Elvis trapped in a retirement home and fighting a mummy.
0: I mean, we're investigating a sculling in the hall, trying to figure out who attacked you last night. You bring me in here to look at stick pictures on the shithouse wall, man?
1: Campbell was brilliant as Elvis, both funny and poignant. The fact that Campbell did not get an Oscar nomination and has not been given more roles is only proof that those in power in Hollywood are idiots. Campbell did have a great short-lived TV show on Fox in the 1990s called The Adventures of Briscoe County, Jr. But last year, something amazing happened.
0: Yeah, looking good.
1: Looking sweet! <laughs> Campbell and Ramy brought Ash back in a star series that kicked Dead Eyed Ass. The show was perfection, and it's been renewed with season two shooting in New Zealand. My interview with Campbell was between scenes during shooting, and a PA kept sending me text messages with updates as to when he'd be available. Ash vs. Evil Dead revives Ash with a deprecating sense of humor and enough blood to put Macbeth to shame. Campbell returns to the role with vigor, humor, and the confidence of an actor who knows exactly who he's playing. Season 2 is set to premiere in late September on Starz. Groovy. Campbell also has a special place in my heart because he took the time to be nice to my son. Campbell was introducing Bubba Hotep at the Kent, and then the landmark La Jolla Village Theaters was showing Evil Dead 2 at midnight. I got the chance to have my 9-year-old son meet Campbell. I explained to him that my son was having trouble with bullies at school and that he was a little worried about Evil Dead 2 being too scary. Campbell took my son aside and told him not to worry. Evil Dead 2 was perfect for him because it was splatstick, splatter gore, and slapstick comedy. That completely reassured my son and turned him into a Bruce Campbell fan for life. I really appreciated how Campbell took the time to make my son feel special. So in my book, Campbell is a cool dude off-screen as well as a total badass on-screen. Campbell has also written the witty books If Chins Could Kill and Make Love the Bruce Campbell way. He's directed films that make fun of himself, as in The Man with the Screaming Brain and They Call Me Bruce. And he's hawked products in ways that only he could get away with.
0: If you have it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't have it. If you have it, you need more of it. If you have more of it, you don't need less of it. You need it to get it. And you certainly need it to get more of it. But if you don't already have any of it to begin with, you can't get any of it to get started, which means you really have no idea how to get it in the first place, do you? You can share it, sure. You can even stockpile it if you'd like. But you can't fake it. Wanting it, needing it, wishing for it. The point is, if you've never had any of it, ever, people just seem to know.
1: He can also be heard in video games like Spider-Man.
0: Okay, now doing whatever a spider can doesn't come without practice. Use this area to work on maneuvering in the air. Holding down the web swing button will make you go faster, but look, you're going to have a lot less control.
1: But he wants to be clear. He's not a gamer. He's just an actor doing his job, but that doesn't stop fans from hounding him with questions about what his favorite video game is or for gaming tips. I began my interview with Bruce Campbell by asking him if having a birthday prompted him to reflect on his career in any way.
2: Uh, yes, that I'm too old to play Ash. That's pretty much what I've surmised. But the good news is the character's too old to be himself anyway, so it works out fine.
1: Well, it doesn't seem like the public thinks you're too old by any means.
2: No, but I'm just saying physically. I just tore a hamstring, and you know my knees are going, and it's it's not like the old days. So uh, I think I'm going to crawl crawl across the finish line for this season. It's been a very very busy season.
1: Oh man. No, no CGI to the rescue for this.
2: Oh, there's probably plenty of CGI. We use smoke and mirrors, and my stuntman is the busiest man in Hollywood right now. But uh, we're going to get through it. So that's what I think about in my birthday. People, that too was thirty years ago.
0: Four years ago, in this quiet forest, in this cozy cabin, something happened. <laughs> something so frightening. <laughs> Something so deadly, something so evil. We prayed it would never happen again. Now, from the creator of Evil Dead, comes Evil Dead Two. Swallow your soul. Evil Dead Two, dead by dawn
2: the original evil dead was 37 years ago
0: now the
2: sun will be up in an hour or so and we can all get
0: out of here together you me linda shelly no no not shelly she we'll all be going home together wouldn't you like to be going home bet you'd like that wouldn't you
1: did you ever think that Ash would be this defining role for you and that you'd be returning to him so many years later?
2: No, nope, we didn't think we'd finish the first movie. Um, but my feeling is, if they want Ash until I retire, they'll they'll get him. Sure, I could have stayed in the past.
0: could have even been king. But in my own way, I am king. Hail to the king, baby.
2: I'm ready to play him now. I'm ready to do this to the end. If that's what, if that is what is on my obit, I'm good with it now, because now's the time to really make the character come into its own. Now that we have a TV show, you can really expand the character. We've only had four and a half hours worth of ash. Mm -hmm. Last season alone, we had five new hours.
0: That my friends is how we do it. And I'd say it's a gift from God, but that would be giving the man upstairs a little too much credit. This is all me, baby
2: in this season five more hours. I think it's a great opportunity to finally flesh out Ash and yeah, make him come full circle. So I'm enjoying it.
1: What do you think has contributed to his longevity? What do you think your key to the success with him?
2: Uh, Ash is a horribly flawed person, just like all the viewers. He doesn't really have much more skill uh, than the average punter watching. So it's not like you can't relate to him. I think a lot of people can relate to Ash. He's a regular guy. He's not CIA, Navy SEAL, which to me is always a bore. This guy is the ultimate anti-hero. And so it's really like a garage mechanic who rises up to save the world.
1: Shakespeare gives his actors these soliloquies. And Sam Raimi seems to give you kind of what I would call like a Looney Tunes version of that, where you get these scenes all by yourself. What's the key to making these solo acting moments work so well?
2: Uh, you just got to go for it. There's a big chunk of Evil Dead 2 which was Ash alone in the cabin. It's probably 20 minutes of the movie, and I remember Dino Laurentiis, who produced the movie, was like, you can't have one guy in the cabin for a half hour. You can't do it. He was terrified. And to me, that's the best part of the movie. <laughs> 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 uh, uh,
0: uh, that's He's right. laughing.
2: You know, it's important to – to uh, if you're going to have a lead character, you got to leave them on their own and just see what they do under every kind of scenario. So I like those. There's a speech coming up, and um, the trick is to make sure it's an anti-speech. It's not the speech you think he's going to give. That's the key.
1: Well, what's the key to making that work, though? I mean, it does seem – you seem to be able to pull that off better than – Many actors, or almost any actors, and you really do manage to like rivet us to the screen for those scenes.
2: Well, that's your, that's my job. I got to do that, or I get fired. Right? <laughs> it's commitment. You got to go for it. And we have even the most crazy material. There's there's some insane sequences that would be a little spoilerish if I told you. But I mean, we're totally pushing the envelope. I hope people will just feel sorry for Ash more than anything. <laughs> will sympathize with him because he goes through so much. To save the world.
1: He definitely does. So are there roles that you would like to get but people don't consider you for because of Ash and because of like this cult status you have?
2: Well I will actually never know who doesn't hire me for what reason. You only know who does hire you. So like I would never know this Chris says he goes nah I don't want Campbell. (laughs) Like I I would never know if that conversation ever took place. I kind of doubt it though. We're nominated for two Saturn Awards, and to me, that's my Emmy. If I get a Saturn Award, that's, that's, like, that's, that's killing it in the genre universe. So I'm, I'm as excited about the Saturn Award or the Chainsaw Awards uh, as anything, because that's the world in which I come. And those are my peers. I'd be judged by my, my exploitation peers. So I'm looking forward to it. That's coming up on my birthday.
1: Oh, nice. Well, you would seem to be a shoe in for a Chainsaw Award.
2: I already got one. I got two of them now. Are they named after you? Uh, I don't know what started. I think we're probably in part of the reason. There aren't that many Chainsaw movies.
1: Do you have a dream role, something that you would love to do that might be different than what your fans would expect?
2: I live in the world of reality, even though I make my living in fantasy, so I never sit back and go, gosh, I'd love to do theater in the park. I'd love to do Shakespeare in the park. I, I just don't go there. I take what comes. And uh, what comes is usually pretty interesting. I mean, I've done a French film. Most people don't even realize that. Um, So I've I've done a lot of stuff that some people don't even know that I've done because they don't see it because they're not looking for it. They're only looking for horror. If you're only looking for horror, you won't know that I did, you know, a cowboy series or played the King of Thieves on Hercules. So I think I'm more, funny thing is, I'm more typecast by fans than I am by the industry.
1: That is interesting. I do remember Briscoe County, though, and I'm sorry that show didn't go on for longer.
2: Yeah, I think we were slightly ahead of our time, and we were kind of expensive, and we started strong, and then we started to fade. You know, Fox was looking to make some money at that point. They were done growing.
1: The fact that you, like, aren't contemplating some kind of dream role, you always seem to have been in the interviews I've seen you, and I've seen you at Comic-Con a couple times, too, that you seem really practical and very professional, that you don't have these kind of elevated sense that some actors may have.
2: Well, I, I don't know where that comes from. All I know, in other actors, I don't know where that behavior comes from. I just, I have a lot of respect for my craft. I don't take much seriously in life, but I actually take my work very seriously when I work. I don't know. It's, I feel that you should be, if you're a bricklayer and you've worked for 30 years, you, got, you should have it figured out. You know, so uh, I like working with younger actors. You can hopefully teach them some good habits because there's a lot of younger actors who have really lousy habits. Hopefully, we can uh, we can improve that.
1: So, with a role like Ash, what is the kind of preparation you do as an actor, or do you just know him so well that you can just walk into that role at any point?
2: Uh, Ash is getting easier to do that. You know, he he's an easier one to figure out, and it's easier for me to work with directors about how to do something. You know, I know how Ash would turn a phrase, and here's what I found: at the beginning of TV shows, actors speak like the writers write. And by the end of the TV show, writers write how the actor speaks. So you've got to kind of find that happy moment when that happens. And because I know Ash so well, I can look at a piece of dialogue and go, well, he wouldn't say this, but he would say that, you know, and stuff like that. We usually just try and keep things simple for Ash.
1: And do you feel that you have some control? I mean, when you did Briscoe County, I do not you probably didn't have a whole lot of control over that series, but do you feel like on this one you, you've got a, a real say and, and that you can influence how it goes?
2: On Briscoe, if we wanted to change a single line, we had to make a phone call. And to me, in my experience, that's baloney. Um, we're all part of the process, all part of the team, and I've always felt... I want to be part of that process. A writer has to be pretty damn good for them to tell me you can't change anything. And you got to be Paddy Chayefsky. Um, I got that crap on the movie Congo where you couldn't change a word of dialogue on Congo. And I'm like, this is a monkey in the, mo- in the jungle's movie. And you're, you're concerned about dialogue? You know. And so I've been in that situation. I bridle under it. I do not do well. I chase in those scenarios. And I avoid them. So you talk about dream roles. I think if Aaron Sorkin called me said I got the best part for you in a brand new show, I think I would say no, because he's another one of these guys. You ain't changing my words. You're not changing the cadence. I'm going to put a pause where I want you to pause, and you're going to be my little monkey. And I I really, I've always fought that. And so now if I smell it coming, I just avoid it. Hmm. So I probably won't work on any other TV show where there's any restrictions on what comes out of my mouth. And if this is the last one that I get to do that, the first and last, then at least I can say I've done it. So it's all about creative freedom. We're in a creative industry. and We forget that. Nobody gets to trump anybody else. Director doesn't get to trump an actor. An actor doesn't get to trump a writer. We're all, we're all trying to make a given scene work. And so it's not about protecting the writer's precious words. It's about what does the scene need to work. And writers sitting in their little... Cubicles. They don't always know what's best. Writers haven't even been on set. Uh, they write action scenes without executing them. So, you know, there's a big, this is always a work in progress. And I go back to Sam Raimi, my buddy Sam Raimi. He writes these scripts, and while you're shooting in the middle of a take, he's throwing new lines at you. So if these words aren't as precious to the guy who wrote them himself, a talented filmmaker like Sam Raimi, then I'm not going to worry about any of that crap. We're going to try and make the scene good. So that's my, that's my job. I don't care who has the great idea, but some scenes need good ideas.
1: And do you feel you have a good team on the Ash versus Evil Dead?
2: We have a great team. You know, the writers we've done some shifts, but I think that's like any show, you gotta figure out who has the good voice for it. So we've made some changes in that department. But, you know, look, these are also the crew members from Lord of the Rings, from Hercules, Xena, Avatar. These people have massive experience. So I'm really grateful on this show. You know, the Evil Dead movies have always gotten some pot shots taken about cheesy this, cheesy effects, lousy this or lousy that. Well, finally, we've muted everybody because the production values are actually quite good on this show. The photography is amazing. You know, the art direction is is so detailed. You know, it, it could compete with Mad Men, how detailed we are on our given sets. So it's a great work environment where we have creative freedom, stars has been very good to us because, you know, one of our big criteria of picking one of our suitors, because there was more than one company interested in this as a series. One of the main questions was what is the content restriction and what are, what are our freedoms? What, what, you know, how much will you give us? How much rope will you give us? And so, you know, they answered all the questions they Gave us the budget we were looking for. So they've been a great partner. And we have zero content restrictions. And for the hardcore fan, first two Evil Dead movies were unrated. If we did another feature, it would have to have an R rating. And so this TV show is actually the only format where they can get it uncensored, unfiltered, just how they want it. And so stars are turning out to be quite a good match. And we, we hope that this is all worth it for them in the end. Because this is new territory. You know, they've had shows that appealed to women and other groups, they, they haven't really had a carnage and mayhem show. And, and I think that's what we represent. We're like the bad boys of the network. Like, if, you know, everybody else will want to see our show, hopefully, because they'll finally appeal to people who like stuff that blows up. They like carnage. They like trash talking. They like a little raunchy humor. You know, they like a show with some teeth. This is a little bit of an edgy show, and I love it for that.
1: Well, I think what the fans really appreciate is that you do feel there's no compromise on your part; that you guys are getting to do the show you want to do.
2: We are, and that's huge for us. That's everything. We don't like working within a rating system either. I understand why rating systems are in place to protect our little children's eyes, you know. But uh, still, you got to let uh, you got to let people run in the creative industry. And so, so far, it's a it's a great scenario. It's. it's it's the perfect combo platter for us to do this show.
1: Do you have a, a moment where you, a favorite moment where you wanted to push the envelope and you were able to do it and something that just really kind of summed up for you that feeling? Uh,
2: well, the other day, uh, you know, we had Ted Ramey back this season and he's reprising a character that I think I can't mention, but we were back on set. He was playing this character from 30 years ago. And I'm still playing Ash and he was still playing this character. We were joking about how far our careers have gone in 30 years. That we're, here we are, same set, same outfit, same character, but we're still talking the same trash talk and still making up lines. You know, Ted is a font of bad living. So we just fell right back into it. As soon as I heard him speak like this character, I just burst out laughing. I'm like, that's, that's the exact sound I heard 30 years ago. So there's, we have a lot of weird moments on set.
1: Well, I just went to a midnight screening of Evil Dead and wow. the majority of the audience had not seen it. So I think you're creating like wow. this whole new generation of people because of the TV show that came out to, you know, actually see it on a big screen, which was kind of fun. It is
2: weird how that works because people are like, what is this show? And then they find the show they go, what? They did they did these weird movies years ago? Yeah, it's it can be fun for them to go back and check them out. We hope that's the case.
1: Well, and it's fun to see it with an audience where there are first timers, and you've got people who are going like, "No, no, no! Don't do that! <laughs> <laughs> don't open that door!" Yes. yeah. After seeing it multiple times, you know, you you just you look for your favorite parts and things like that, but you forget like what it was like watching it for the first time and how it kind of blows your mind.
2: Yeah, after a while, we we used to just watch the audience when we had early screenings of Evil Dead. There was a couple that. Uh, watched the movie from under, underneath the jacket. The jacket was covering them both. And, and they were watching through the sleeve of the jacket. And if anything was too horrible, they would close the end of the sleeve off so they couldn't see it. And then a hand would come out and poof through and open up the sleeve again. And they would sort of roam the screen with their sleeve and, but close it off whenever it was too horrible. So whatever you do to survive, a bunch of football players watched it. And whenever they got scared, they started punching each other. I'm like, you you got scared. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You were more scared than I was, pussy. So very strange reactions from people. A guy was there with his way too young family. Something horrible would happen. He'd take them all the way to the back row. And whenever something would happen, he'd gather them and run out into the lobby. <laughs> and he, then the door would open and the father would peek back in. And he'd signal them, okay, it's okay to come back in. And then they'd come back in. Something horrible would happen. These people were in and out and in and out. Like, why the hell did he bring those kids? But he had to see it. So I, I really love the fact he's like, even though I'm warping my children's brains, I, I got to see this movie. So that's that's the fandom that we we have, and that's what we really appreciate from the show. And our fans are pretty crazy. They tattoo. I got lots of tattoos of Ash on people's bodies. <laughs>
1: you uh, helped my son to be able to watch Evil Dead 2 um, he was he was in <laughs> elementary school and you were out here for I, I think it was either Bubba Hotep or A Man with a Screaming Brain and you stayed for the midnight show to kind of introduce it and my son was a little hesitant and he got to talk to you and you said don't worry it's Splatstick
2: <laughs> Splatstick yep Smoke and, and Mirrors it's all rubber and caro syrup
1: and that made it all okay and he laughed so hard and that is still one of his favorite films now <laughs>
2: Yeah, cause it because the movie's really just ridiculous. There's nothing in there that's going to warp anybody. The first evil Dead is a little more hard-hitting, but an army of darkness, a 12-year-old could watch that movie.
1: Yes, and quite enjoyably. I wanted to just bring up um, Bubba Hotep, which is one of my favorite films of yours. Uh, I sure. really feel you got robbed of... I know you, you think that the genre awards are great, but you should have gotten an Oscar nomination for that. That was so great. Well...
2: I don't know, Bubba was a weird one. That one just sort of snuck in there. You know, my theory is if you stick around long enough, cool stuff comes down the pike, you know. Um, with any of those movies, again, I'm not looking I'm not looking for any award business. I just like the fact that it resonates with people. You know, you do a lot of movies. They come and they go and they just disappear, and people go, eh. You know, but we played, Bubba came out when Passion of the Christ came out. So there was the Bubba Hotep line. And there was the Passion of the Christ line, and it was just awesome to look at the two lines and how different they were. And that we could compete with essentially a Hollywood movie as far as the, you know, people who really wanted to see it. So that's all I'm ever glad for, that people remember what you do. And Bubba was one that I think stuck with people, and they're all like, where's the sequel? Where's the sequel? I don't think there's ever going to be a sequel to that because uh, we couldn't agree on a script for one. And for two... Why do you have to? I think it makes the film even more special. If there's, if that's it, man, that's the only Bubba Hotel.
1: It does make it more special, but it doesn't stop fans from wanting more.
2: <laughs> I know. I can't blame it for that.
1: Um, do you have any roles coming up outside of Ash?
2: Yeah. there's a, You know, when you make these little movies, you never know if they're going to be released or escaped or whatever. Uh, there's one called Highly Functional where I play um, – I'm sort of in the broken down phase of my career. I play broken down characters now. Uh, so it's a he's a broken down country western singer who's kidnapped by a kid with Asperger's. So it's a very bizarre uh, road trip movie. And uh, pretty much tailor-made. It was, when I read it, I'm like, wow, this guy is like so writing this for me. So it got held up because of some dumb reasons, but I think they're finally finishing it up. So hopefully that thing will come out, you know, but, uh, this is so, uh, ambitious, this TV show that when I'm in the off season, I'm either promoting or not looking to do anything. Uh, I don't need to jam myself wall to wall anymore.
1: But if something tempting comes your way?
2: Yeah. Something tempting. Sure. Like this, like the movie, highly functional. I had other stuff going on, but I was like, yeah, I should do this one. You know? So it's whatever happens in the meantime, but I don't really scour the countryside for work when I'm not working because I'm I'm sick of
1: working. Mm -hmm. The film sounds like pairing you with an Asperger's person would leave you carrying a lot of the dialogue as you're well-suited to.
2: Uh, Yeah, it's a weird relationship. But that's what's nice, is uh, if you play the low-budget game, you can do a lot more of these weirdo little movies. And the weirdo movies are the cool ones because they don't make compromises. Big Hollywood movies make lots of compromises, and they have lots of chefs in the kitchen. Making little tiny movies, you don't have to go through all those hoops. You can just make your movie. And to me, creatively, that's way better than a, uh, these big blockbusters that are, frankly, not that imaginative. Mm-hmm. They, they stick with a paradigm, and they don't really shift it. They can't really injure your character. Like, you know, Captain America, he's not going to rip a random fart during a scene, but Ash might. <laughs> and that, to me, makes all the difference. I'm getting paged here. Hold on. Okay. Yeah? <laughs> All right, they're ready for me.
1: All right. So, well, thank you for squeezing the interview in. I appreciate it.
2: No problem. Thanks for your time. And uh, stand by for season two. It's coming at you like a freight train sometime this fall, but they won't, tell me, they won't let me tell you the date, but I know it.
1: <laughs> All right. But it's, it's coming. All right.
2: Thanks for your time.
1: And happy birthday. Thank you very much. was Bruce Campbell talking to me from his trailer in New Zealand. I hope you'll join me in wishing Mr. Campbell a very happy birthday and celebrate by enjoying some of his work from film, TV, or books. Happy birthday, Mr. Campbell. You're the man. Please subscribe to Cinema Junkie on iTunes and leave me a review or comments. Till our next film fix, I'm Beth Accomando, your resident cinema junkie.